Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Foreign, pouring, new whip, foreign. Jennifer, Lauren, train to the morning. World-class hustlers, we done kick the doors in. Numbers ain't saying, I'm feeling all important. You know it's time to party. I pull up in that Audi. My jewelry always rocky when I step out with that shawty. You can
me if you feel me, go to church. Buy my paper, fuck your haters, that's for whatever it's worth. I go, fast some serious, about to make a film. It's gon' start your bitches titties with my fingers in her trim. Music turned up to the max, no love left in the house. She a queen all in your dream, I tap Rogers right when she pops. If she swallow, she can follow, country boy from Chicago. Pump it loose, it work for peanuts, you can call me Ricky Ricardo. Plus we overseas and we touring. Treat rappers like they maturing All these niggas sweating the shit I'll piss over on with my urine uh, Terrorize these hoes My name should be Ben Latin Got a loud pack of that strong Keep it off in my bottom You got problems where well, I got Nina Post it off in my tools When them stairs in your discussion Make them holler like some Jaru's Me and BFM on business My gang ties well suspenders We live life off of them women Put your main thing got your limit we
that was Broke for Free by Night Owl. Okay, I'll begin with Annie and the Applebottom, uh, published on livinggrind.com on Wednesday, January 30th, 2013. At the bottom of the apple, like a silent serpent, I will creep in and out, furtively and spirited, with the pride of that all-American pie within a bird's eye view. The hearty swells of each ample cheek will wax and wane at each rising crescendo. They will redden in unison with each loving slack from my fellow partner and thigh. We are a joint operation, compelled by the force of each digit in search of destiny, desire, and derision. Yet alone, I will propel inch by inch. I will immerse myself in this warm, welcome confinement the borders sending electric jolts to build up and tease me with the prospects of the most wicked nirvana, a tight, warm, wet hearth to swallow me whole. At the brink, I will emerge victorious, at a standstill, if you will, but only momentarily. From this cusp of natural treasure, I will divulge my most glorious exhibition of all and slick streams of substance along the endless miles of flesh defining my, my leader. The end, that was Annie and the Applebottom, erotica number one for this evening. <laughs> Check out this next one real quick, and I'll be right back with you uh, with Autonomous Booty. Please don't fall asleep, baby. 
Drunken Hot Girls by Kanye West. And number two for the Slow Erotica, this is Sandra London official SLO. Slow Erotica, number two, is Autonomous Bui, which was published on livinggrind.com on Tuesday, September 17th, 2013. Petra is beyond. She's striking gold on the dance floor, all oiled up. It started out as a gas. Alas, her drink slipped, modestly drenching her see-through night-on-the-town gown while she held court in the Lux Lounge, way up high. Roman is amused, but tries to avoid making the sudden, newfound... Sorry, <laughs> sudden, newfound pleasure known. Petra plays the fool, continuing her sway, her shimmy, her excitable thrust, wings and struts leading the way all atop six inch steel wheels the damn thing just won't quit no really whose design theory was made into a plan of action here anyway this endless procession of treadmill as if this hot powerhouse needed any workout petra reels in roman's furtive gaze and grins a mile wide oops Petra mouths as she slowly turns her VIP goblet onto its underbelly, painting her purposefully too small negligee with deep scarlet spirits. There will be whistles galore. Meanwhile, Roman and Petra alike are all wrapped up in her velvet. Petra widens her eyes. Oops, Roman mouths back, swallowing hard. Squirming and stuck to falsetto, Petra makes a few pathetic attempts to dry off. The elements notwithstanding, the spirits make tiny teardrops at the mountaintops of her ridiculously erect nipples. Magic, Petra shouts over the circus absorbed within them, 
Puffy to Perky, all in one go. Petra smiles, leaning in as Roman draws near, all the better. Bravo, ma belle, Roman croons. Petra runs the back of her hand, absentmindedly, over the front of Roman's pants. Petra pipes up, Aha! Voila! She feels good inside. A host draws near. Mademoiselle? Petra reaches out for Roman, cupping his ass cheek from behind. No, no, thank you, it's fine. We'll we'll be going. My ride is here. Petra volunteers, winking at the staff. Enter Johnny Auto. There he is. I am Johnny's pet, Petra chuckles, as Roman grips her hand tightly to keep up. Johnny is a jar. Party of two and a half, Johnny intimates with reserved discretion as the temporary chattel claim assignment. Where do we tell? Roman begins. Don't you worry, Petra rubs Roman's knee gingerly. Johnny's got everything under control. Petra is suddenly overwhelmed. Petra lays her head atop Roman's khakis, creating a very hard and humid situation. Three, two, one. Johnny has arrived. Uh, Roman stutters. Roman is a bit of a mess. A stowaway ejects smoothly from the door, proffering an assortment of complimentary tissue. Roman flusters about, moderately embarrassed. He looks to the east of himself. Wow, how did it know where I live? Roman continues to peer out of the window. Do you leave your light on? I can read, you know. Petra cautions gently. Oh, Roman sighs. Um, thanks? Roman bellows uncomfortably into the voice box, which separates the chattel from the operator. Much obliged, Johnny affirms solemnly. Mm, now, where were we? Petra purrs distractedly, prodding her new favorite thing. 322, King's Court, Utopia, Swordston Bridge, recalls Johnny. Petra rolls her semi-permanent autumn green eyes. Johnny is at a full stop. Roman is released upon exit. Petra's dismount, however, is delayed. She pauses a moment, but all are silent. Ugh! Johnny! Petra squeals for precisely 20 seconds. Let me go! Roman looks on in suspended disbelief. You, my pet, have not arrived at your... Petra interjects, fucking bullshit, Johnny. Petra gathers Roman's coat and lifts it up from her lap towards the auto light. Throwing it over her nipple-length chocolatey mane, she slips her hands into Roman's sleeves. You have changed, Johnny reports. Johnny is a jar. Standing momentarily akimbo on the sidewalk, Roman and Petra soon advance onwards towards Roman's high-rise. Looking back... Petra tugs her left boob ever so slightly while pointedly winking her right eye. I will put you in my pocket, Petra stamps. The end. That was Autonomous Booty, and enjoy your next 
song, and I'll be right back. Uh, next up is Bound to Be. But check out Copla de Veneno by Karina Bjor in the meanwhile.
Underground by the Lemianas. And, yes, okay. I will now do number three, erotica number three, Bound to Be, which was, hey, where'd it go? I think I just lost it. Oh, no. (laughs) It's a little difficult. Pardon. I just had it. Darn. (laughs) How terrible. Okay, yes. Um, in the meanwhile, <laughs> uh, check out, darn it, oh no, yeah, check out Dream Cars, so sorry, I had it up and now it's gone, um, let's see, or I could just go, darn it, here you go, Dream Car by Mark Angelo, and I'll be right back with you. <gasps> Yeah. Don't be afraid to chase your dreams. More Angelos. Tired of the slack and spare me your excuses. I don't want to be found. I lose myself in this music. Had to take over the wheel. I prefer just cruising. Constantly moving. Laughing you, you and him. The same ones that was laughing back then. Make it a priority now to acknowledge you as a friend. Crazy women claiming that we best friends. How? Never hung out for over a million seconds. Wow. Anyways, smash them, then pass them. Pow. A lot of people may claim king, but I'm the one who holds the crown. I don't go bragging around town. I'd rather not make a sound. I'm a hidden gem in the ground, surrounded by the best in the town. Or city, state, region. The deadly allegiance. Raise your glasses high to the sky, yeah. Let's make a toast. Let's make a toast. Let's make a toast. Motivated by those I'm around the most. Nowadays my dreams don't seem far. Man, this shit sound like it should be played out of my dream car. My dream car. Dreams don't seem far when chasing it with my dream car. Uh, top back hovering over the competition. Sat under a ladder while writing in my composition. Some may say I'm different. Fuck superstition. My intuition out with bad logic with ancient wisdom. Hop in my dream car. And head to the Draco system Plutonium interior Not from this ecosystem Chrome will spinning like an exorcism Overridden the law of gravity With my expedition Nowadays my dreams don't seem far Man, this shit sound like it should be played out of my dream car My dream car Dreams don't seem far We're chasing it with my dream car Ah. Uh. by Mark Angelo. Uh, his profile and more of his information is available on nakedgirlsradio.com and you can also look him up on Twitter. I'll now do Bound to Be. I found it. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. All right. 
Officer Bounty was published on Wednesday, January 9th, 2013. I am free, albeit bound, but I'm not six feet underground. I can dance, but can't get down, because I'm all wrapped up in the cloud. I can speak, but ain't got no tongue, because only men can be well hung. I am here, but I'm not there. You'd see me better if you knew where. I must get going and come round to be, because y'all then told me what I can't see. The end. That's down to be. And for number four this evening, I will do uh, Captured, which was originally, boy, where is that? Originally published July, somewhere in there, July 13th of 2011. Okay, captured. You captured my gaze with your long brown hair. You captured my shaft when I felt her stir within. She's throbbing for you now, my dear kitty. She is. She warms me. She wets me. She quivers for your cock. My tongue, well, it reminisces upon a delicious, savory, salty, sweet whisper of your lust. I swallow. But my eyes, even when you're out of sight, my eyes, they paint a picture whenever tension begins to build. In my bosom, in the dark, in my car, in my dreams, I see you fucking me like no motherfucking other, and you take that shit. And you own it. It's yours. The end that is captured. Uh, and that is on I'mSandraLondon.com. Um, if you'd like to have a go and gander at the lovely image that accompanies it. <laughs> yeah. So let me give you one more song, or a song, and then I will do... <laughs> I'll do Daniel and the Third Leg and Dusty and the Nooner. Um, those are on deck up next.
En Croisière by Juanitos, and I'll now do number five, uh, Daniel and the Third Leg. And this was published both on my website, livinggrind.com, as well as uh, everynighterotica.com. Uh, and I'll start now. As soon as my dog sits down, okay, sit down, down, he's on my lap, sorry. <laughs> okay. Wake the fuck up, D-Man. Yo. What the fuck? Daniel grumbles. It is somewhere around two in the morning, and Daniel had only just made it to sleep. He is home alone and looking forward to welcoming a brand new day as a man. It is officially his 18th birthday. He had not anticipated any sort of rude awakening. He slipped into nice, peaceful slumber shortly after rubbing one out, watching women's tennis on the sports channel. He had been watching Katya, some young 20-something Russian femme fatale, grunting, glistening, and working her hot little tail off as she volleyed back and forth during some otherwise faceless tennis match. Katya's shrieks, sighs, and wiggles were etched, at least semi-permanently, in the recesses of Daniel's wonderful playground he calls the brain. And now this. Daniel recognizes his best friend's voice immediately but still is not quite sure why Chuck is knocking and yelling so violently outside of his window. What time is it, anyway? And what brand of shenanigans is Chuck up to now? And why do I always have to be the first to know? You need a fucking hobby, man. I just got to sleep. Can't you just come back tomorrow? Dan croaks, barely audible over the loud rustling of feet. More than one set of feet, in fact, beneath his bedroom window. What? You don't even know, man. We're here to rescue you. Say what? Rescue me from what? From your own self. Now get up and throw on some clothes. I got some friends down here who want to meet the birthday boy, Chuck yells out, still not bothering to think of who might be overhearing his booming voice in the dead of the night. All right, man. All right, but hold on. Now who the fuck is we? Go to the front door like a normal human being, would you? Dan retorts weakly, grabbing his sweats off of his dresser. Dan heads to the front door of his parents' house, who were luckily away for most of the weekend. Supposedly, anyways. He wasn't so sure they wouldn't surprise him with an early arrival of their own. As he throws open the door, he sees Chuck, a.k.a. the Chester, with two very attractive ladies in tow. Oh, this is what you meant by we. Dan says slowly, suddenly feeling very embarrassed in his holy sweats, which hadn't, which had truly seen better days, and his bare chest, which had only recently begun to differentiate him from that of a prepubescent. Um, hi, he begins again. Aloha, says the tan, leggy brunette as she glides past him and into the foyer. Don't be rude. Let these ladies come in, and quickly, it's cold. As you can see, they don't have all that much on, bro. Chuck grins as he punches Dan playfully in the shoulder. The blonde enters just behind Chuck and offers a shy smile at Dan. Happy birthday, Danny, she says, in a voice barely above a whisper. Dan, Chuck, and the two mystery ladies head upstairs to Dan's room silently as he leads the way. This is awkward, he muses silently, as he wonders how he might shield any spontaneous display of arousal 
and sighted by these potent creatures of the night. He curses the fact that his sweats are so painfully thin. It's pretty late, and you didn't even tell me you were going to just show up at my door all unannounced and shit. I'm not really in the mood to drive right now. I already put my new Z4 away in the garage, and we are not going in your busted-ass car. Dan rants, mumbling in Chuck's direction. He continues on, flustered. The, the party's late on tonight, remember? Not now, hence the house being so quiet, dumbass. My girl is even back in town yet. Dan trails off, not wanting to provide too much detail about Christine, his childhood sweetheart, who he was not all that too sh- who he was not all that sure about these days. Whatever, dude. Fuck her. Do you really care about Christine? Really? It's your birthday. And where is she? And how can you even be sure? You believe everything that bitch tells you? Hey, hey, hey. Cool it, boys. I don't want you calling any girl a bitch in my presence, Chuck. What did I tell you about that, mister? The brunette says evenly, scowling prettily at Chuck. Look, doll, she continues, turning her attention to Dan. If you don't want to go out, that's cool. I totally thought he had warned you in advance. I should have known better, but no bother. Chuck, I, I need your car keys for a minute. Wait, for what? Chuck grimaces. Well, if he doesn't want to go out, we'll just have to bring the party to him. There's more of you? Dan exclaims, his eyes lighting up. Now that they're all standing around in the light in his bedroom, he can see the two babes much more clearly. They were hot. The brunette, the saucy one, is all overexposed with tight acid-washed jeans that look painted on. Her white, lace-halter top barely covers her full, heaving breasts. The blonde is slightly more demure, but her tight red sweater dress hugs her tiny, curvy frame and hints at the little perky pillows beneath no bra between the two of them. Nice. Christine who? The sound of the brunette's raspy voice instantly brings Dan back down enough in his pants to avoid causing a scene. Barely. Um, not exactly, she purrs seductively. Maybe less of us would be more appropriate to say. We'll be right back, gentlemen. Have some guy time, the buxom brunette says slyly, grinning like a treasure cat. The mother hen brunette grabs the blonde's arm and they saunter out of the room together slowly. The blonde looks back before fully exiting the room. You're a hottie, she says coyly, again in a breathy, whispered tone as she scampers off. There is a moment of silence. Dan looks at Chuck curiously. Um, yeah, he says after a beat. Fuck yeah, Chuck boasts. All right, what's the deal? I don't know how you're able to rally up some chicks like that. I'm impressed. You should have told me you were going to surprise me like this. You're just trying to make me look like a schmuck, huh? Dan chides. My bad. No, I'm not actually. Chuck winks. You know you can't stay mad anyways. I think you'll like Fable plenty. Matter of fact, I'm sure of it. All right, first things first, Dan says, while regaining his composure. Who's who? You never introduced me, Einstein. Well, the bossy brunette with the rockin' knockers is Blade. That's my new girlfriend, Chuck boasts proudly. <laughs> Since when? Since I met her, like, I don't know, 
two or three weekends ago at her club. Her club, Dan Squints. Oh, okay, you mean like the YMCA or some shit? Dan jokes. Smart ass. And the other one, Dan asks, mentally crossing Le Jug off of his big tit wish list. Wait, you didn't, they're twins, man, couldn't you tell? Chuck says, furrowing his brow. Bullshit, Dan exclaims incredulously. Why bullshit? You never heard a hair dye, a boob job, and six inch heels? Huh. Well, maybe I didn't look closely enough, Dan mutters. Disable work in the same, uh, establishment? <laughs> How old are they anyway? They can't be from Lincoln, Dan concludes aloud, referring to his high school graduating class from Lincoln Prep. Ha ha, Chuck snorts. They're grown and sexy. What's the matter to you? He pauses. Twenty-two. Knock, knock. Blade says cheerfully as she bursts through the door with her laptop under her arm and a lot less clothing. Blade has returned in a major way, decked out in black leather chaps, a teeny black thong that just sort of disappears into the crease of her tight, round ass. Silver tassels hang off of her enormous tits, attached precariously with decidedly strong duct tape? Who knows? Her hair is blown out, Texas style, and a lot more wild and must up than before. And she smells of heaven. Sable tears into the room, blushing visibly and hiding her little spinner body behind the door frame. Don't be shy, sis, Blade hisses. Come in already. We need to put these boys to bed. Sable clears her throat and walks into view slowly. She's dressed head to toe in the same get-up as her sister, but in red. She's also added wings to her shoulders. Nice touch. The silver tassels on her small, perky breasts hang teasingly as they flitter about along her taut midriff. Her legs are sinewy and strong, with a well-defined but sleek curve to her calves. Sable's blue eyes flash innocently but provocatively at the same time as she looks up shyly at Dan's six-foot frame. Have a seat, birthday Dan, Sable stammers her breath quickening as she stares down fixedly at Dan's foot. Whatever you say, gorgeous, Dan grunts, trying in vain to arrange himself and lessen the intensity of his throbbing ego. Sable approaches his lap and turns facing away from him. The delicious heat from her pussy and ass causes Dan to clasp his fingers around the arms of his sofa chair, holding back the urge to press his lips anywhere she just might let him. Dan silently mouths, Thank you, to his compadre, Chuck, the Chester, and makes a mental note to somehow return the favor. This is quite possibly the best gift ever. Well, aside from the Z4 from his grandparents. Sort of. Dan's eyes return to focus once again on the sweetest peach he ever did see. Chuck dims the lights. Blade starts up a sexy dubstep playlist on her iPad. Sable whips back around to face Dan, leaning in and pressing her lips against his ear. She widens her stance, and then, in one sweeping motion, straddles his clothed cock expertly at just the right and most infuriating angle. Her heat, his heat, electric. 
Now, where did that shy little angel go? Dan grins wryly. Sable cradles Dan's neck in the crook of her arms. Her lips graze his ear. Her breath tickles the tiny hairs on his sideburns. Easy now, young man, Sable coos, flashing her mischievous eyes at Dan as he grows more and more aroused. She returns to his neck, rustling his hair gently with her fingertips. Shielding her face from the other couple, she hums softly along with the music as she tightens herself more securely around his waist. Without warning, Sable lifts herself up just above his lap, locking eyes with him as she stares down at her willing prey. Smiling wickedly, Sable forces Dan's eager face down towards her belly button. I didn't know you had a third leg, she moans. Shall I continue? Christine who? The end. That was Daniel and the Third Leg, available on livinggrind.com as well as everynighterotica.com. And I'll do a break song, and then I will do Dusty and the Nooner. Just after that, check out... I just noticed by Mr. Frizzo. There you go.
little mama I'm only telling you this because I wanna Use a fine little chick, you should know it It's like all of a sudden I just noticed I said, hey, little mama Would you like to earn money by posting photos on your favorite social networking sites? Now you can! Leafit, the first social networking site to pay you for posting pictures. The best part? It's a free app. To get your free app, visit www.leafit.biz forward slash social strategies.
is Prophet 43 with the song Monster. Alrighty, so I will do number da, 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 da. <laughs> number six, six, number six, Dusty and the Nooner, and that was published on livinggrind.com on Saturday, May 12, 2012, um, slide through, Dusty and the Nooner. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, sir, yes, sir. What's for lunch this time? Dustin muses wryly as he bids a brief farewell to his colleagues. Dusty's got 69 minutes to spare, and he wants to use them uh, therapeutically. He peels off from his office building in giddy anticipation due to all the buzz surrounding the comfort station's latest super combo. As he descends upon his favorite booby bar, Dusty commands his trusted companion, Leo, the Italian stallion, to slow down as he approaches the slide-through menu. Slide through, slide through, you lovable loser, you. Welcome to the comfort station. A lovely, saucily exotic voice greets him perfunctorily as a cam prompter. You must now insert your proof of assets if you wish to proceed. The outsourced voice continues in a warm, enticing, familiar yet bitchy tone that never fails to incite a raging semi and seal the deal. Dusty dutifully divulges his worth number and smiles as he watches the cam menu before him light up in validation. Welcome back to the comfort station, Dustin. It's me, Francesca, your special needs assistant. How may I suck you over today? Hello, my darling Chessie. I've been very, very bad lately, and you had good, sound fucking in more ways than one. Got any specials? Well, you're in luck. We've got a special, all right. The Comfort Station has just introduced the new Coco Taco with Booby Supreme, Chessie coos airily. Who's in it? Dustin's eyes and ears perk up simultaneously. Well, you're already quite familiar with Coco. Quite familiar. However, now she's available in an H-cup for a limited time only. Coco also comes complete with a complimentary video game, a hearty meal, and even a free sex toy. Oh, and who's the toy? Dustin is at the ready. Sabrina, I'll take her. Or, wait, what does she look perfect? Now, just proceed to Window Girl 6, and Brisa will give you the key code to treatment room 120. Be sure to tie up your stallion Leo a bit better this time around, yeah? Tessie continues, when you get to the lobby, remember to slide your worth number through Coco's new H-cups twice to authorize your treatment. Awesome. You're incredible, Tessie, Dusty begins. Now, don't forget, Section 25167E41EQ of the Penis Code affirms that you, as a receiver, must never look any of your caretakers directly in the eyes. Is that clear? Clear as a cupcake, Dustin snorts cheerfully. Was that a funny? Chessie frowns. Um, Dustin blushes. That's extra. Chessie barks prettily. An insertion slot ejects from the cam prompter, and a red flashing light begins to scan Dusty's pockets sporadically. Oh, man. Dustin apologizes as he reaches for his wallet beneath Leo's saddle. 
I'm sorry, Tessie. Here's another slide through, just for you. No refunds. She quits, smiles, and disconnects. The end. <laughs> that is slide through, Dusty and the Nooner, by yours truly, Sandra Landon of livinggrind.com. And check out this next song, uh, Motivated, by T-Pain, featuring Lebowski. <laughs>
the end. That was for surety. Available on livinggrind.com. And I'll do... Hmm, Dear Irene, fuck you, blow me, a love story. Um, in just a second, but in the meanwhile, check out one quick song. <laughs> Oy, I will do... You would think I would be ready, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, almost, almost. Um, I, I know what I want to do. A4 faces. I'll do that one. And then I will do um, Fuck You, Blow Me. So here we are. A4 faces by Fordan Carmier.
That was A Four Faces by Vordan Karmir. And I'll now do a live reading. This is reading number eight. <laughs> Fuck you, blow me a love story. It was dedicated, I guess is, is and was <laughs> dedicated to Hurricane Irene. Lovely nature. Yes. And it was published on livinggrind.com on Sunday, August 28th. 2011, and um, there's some commentary there. If you go to livinggrind.com and read the end, um, and see, you'll see what inspired me. It's um, Earthquake, who's one of my favorite comedians. Like, I'm sorry, her. It's not Earthquake. It's what's the face? Darn it, where'd he go? <laughs> Lavelle. Je excuse. I'm sorry. Well, they're both awesome, but it was actually because of Lavelle Crawford that inspired um, uh, Fuck You, Blow Me. But anyways, here you go. It's not embarrassing. Okay, here you go. Hey, Irene Boo, let me holla at you. By the time you read this letter right here, I'm going to have your ass on lock. Who do you think you as, Miss Thing? You're covered and been blown. I was watching the news last night after you just done took off from Eden's Den the other day. They showed you bearing your ass across nine different states. What? Mm-hmm. I've seen you in big flashing letters on one of them damn channels. T.S. Irene lashes out all across New England. You got put on blast. Now, just how are you just going to get up and jump out of my establishment anytime you get good and ready to? And them toys is property of Eden. Not you. You heard? Eden. That don't spell Irene. Your name ain't on none of them whips and chains. You out there flinging around, swinging at people like you ain't got no home training. You done lost your mind. Your house beat is past due. You heard me. And what do you do? You hightail it out all the way out to the other coast, messing with my demographic. Oh, you fancy, huh? I'm keeping tabs, mama. And you'll be working your highfalutin' tail off as soon as I Google Earth your current location. Say I won't. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Racking up all these bills, living a life of loosey-goosey. You still ain't no porcelain. We both know this. Apologize. You know you ain't right. I've seen you twirling around and raining out everybody parade. Just wait. You got yourself a lot of explaining to do. And quit crying all day long. We ain't got time for your tears. We want you to sit your ass down. Dry off. Go get you some Claritin and leave folks alone. When we done handling this situation, we putting you right back on Greyhound from whence you came, baby girl. Now go get you some rest and call me tomorrow after you figure out what the hell is wrong with you. Get ghosts. <laughs> yo gangsta truly. One love. Sir Master P-I-N-T. Duke. Doggy Dog. P.S. Check your Gmail for a plane to get back to the den. You ain't flying first class this time, though, shoddy. Nah. P.P.S. Go on YouTube and tell them people you're sorry. Pay their light bills. Stop hating. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yes. And uh, what do you call it? Um, Duke Doggy Dog. I chose that name um, because one of my... Gal pals, Cinnamon Love, out there over on the East Coast now. Her doggy's name is Duke, and he is awesome. So he was the star um, writer of that there letter. 
<laughs> to the lovely Irene. So there you are. Um, I yawned. I will be right back. I don't know where I am alphabetically. Wait, we're in F, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see what's coming, and so shall you. Um, how about <clears throat> Black Metal Rose by Fish Creatures? Here you go.
to all. In fact, they register quite regularly as a CC all expose to her steady circulation of friends, as well as the many more recent admirers she will have gathered along the way. Mykonos, Athens, Barcelona, Catalonia, as Ashlyn has never failed to educate her fellow feathered ilk. All this, and even more still, and yet always all the best parts, divulged solely for Celeste's pervy perusal and private consumption. And so now, Celeste will be able to unearth even more, always more, about her darling girlfriend's heady endeavors and their lusty conclusions. Uh, for example, Tomas, the hunky, highly adroit Catalonian, with whom Ashlyn has only just memorialized a great escape to Venezia, a sweet but sordid escape culminating with tentative, then turbulent, finger-filled dalliances to the tune of that silent symphony on the muddy waters of a midnight gondola ride. A tasty bon appetit, indeed, for El Señor, fanned beneath her popularly peasant skirt, and how Ashlyn would squirm, reliving how she would try her best to ignore the rocking and swaying of that small, floating apparatus so many millions of light years away from the crunchy granola of her more usual endives. Like Hendry's Beach off the Pacific coast, or a stolen moment of picnicking a la Vababoom on checkered gingham blankets, or were they Freddy's Burgers napkins? Ashton will have developed a learned disdain, disdain for those comparatively milder throes of passion, long gone and tossed out to sea amid the persistent flow of tides along the edges of humanity. Celeste is more than willing to subsume this all the while, emptying recollections of fuzzy, fading remnants of her own times past, like losing her bon genre jeans to the Pacific coast in a newly naked embrace, her soaked front pockets bearing down, impeding resistance, reuniting with Donnie's T-shirt, their having become saddled with quarters, ready for a midnight sack of colorless brawn panty laundry, and Donnie's short sleeves. All this in salute to the elements, yet little more than a mere pittance to Mother Nature herself. But no, no. Celeste will quickly return to the seedy seat of novelty, smack dab in front row, where things were a lot less pedestrian. You see, Ashlyn was a lady in Europe. That being so, it was only polite then to allow her beau, Tomas, to have a gander at her prized and pretty pink possession, and unthinkable to lie concealed and delicately beneath some nondescript fabric of commodity. Ah, yes, Celeste will be most eager to relish all of these naughty delicts abroad in real time, after all that she was devoured at length before her computer screen. Things were going to get real. Celeste will reach out, compelled by her quest to fully expose those secret treasures of abandon in concert, she hopes, with her longtime beau. She has lived for the date of this reunion, it seems and a lustful remixing of the familiar, the whitening of Ashlyn's complicit, dazzling, hazel green eyes, her full breasts resting forward out of habit as she embarks anew, weaving her delicious narrative to life. David will not know what hit him. 
Certainly, yes. Celeste has been yearning for this sort of gathering for much more than a fortnight. And now she wants to collect. Her attention will divert at moments upon the thought of Ashlyn's cheeks, which usually tend towards Rosie when she's just about to spill the raciest of spoils. The impish dive of Ashlyn's heart-shaped head as she lowers her gaze mid-sentence. The corner of her girlfriend's lips when they curl conspiratorially. Their interchange will commingle, as they often do, laced with sheepish smirks of self-censorship and bouts of sheer, bemused embarrassment. False modesty will peel away as Ashlyn's hushed giggles tell all. Together, they will find it increasingly troublesome to fight back the tears of merriment. Time and again, they may attempt to stifle and compress Ashlyn's naughty narrative at irregular intervals, shielding themselves from spectators' wandering eyes and wondering ears. And, of course, the waiter will come near, making his proverbial rounds, mostly mid-bite, just like clockwork, just to see if everything's all right. And it will be, and so very much more than all right. Celeste will encroach progressively as the night waxes on, building upon each succulent recantation of her muse. Celeste will catalog all manner of happenstance this evening, hoping to unleash her very own brand of sex magic just this once, but precisely where and when she should. She will attempt to widen the circle just for one or well, her party of one. Ah, uh, the sweet, unassuming, ever so devoted David. Now, ordinarily, Celeste would have had no difficulty casting forth a reasonable reproduction of her notorious pal's far-flung charisma, but her rehearsals were largely confined to solitary pursuit, mostly. Yet here, Celeste will assume certain studied positions on this once upon a night. It is a given that she will start out well enough. She will advance with all the more purpose between the unforeseen hours of this endless night. Celeste's impending desire will mount bit by bit, eager to rejoice, relive, and suddenly give rise to a fait accompli. She races full speed ahead without regard for what could have otherwise resulted from certain derisive acts of jamais vu. Celeste will have hastened the destiny which stirs so immutably within, in spite of herself. By definition, Celeste has had plenty of, well, practice, gleaned from that steady stream of salacious digest, awash with the magnetic agony, ecstasy, and octane Latin discourse, which spawns over easy from Randy Wildchild, Ashland. Celeste has been au courant for such a very long time. More often than not, perhaps, this feverish intoxication could have topped off, occasioning itself to die a warm, slow, heady little death. Until this one night, her fantasies would have remained burrowed within the exclusive domain of private life, slipping through solely during hidden, unspecified stretches of time, shrouded within and beneath her stark white bedroom linen, finding their welcome respite 
peacefully atop Celeste's personal pleasure chamber. Normally, she would have flicked about, pressing persistently with her tiny, finely tuned digits until she stopped. However, this time around, not so much. On this other day or night, something else will have come to pass instead, and rather remarkably so. And all because, and perhaps only because, at the culmination of this very grand soirée and pleasure-filled reconnaissance, things really won't seem all that different. Not at first. And yet, after all this, somehow, it all must cease to be. Because Celeste will wake up dead. The end. That was idyllic oratio oblica and direct speech uh, by yours truly, Sandra London of livinggrind.com and that is that. <laughs> so um, please join me the next Sunday um, and every Sunday uh, generally at 8 p.m. Pacific time, sometimes at 9 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, but generally sometime around 8 p.m. <laughs> Pacific time. Um, so stay tuned, and I wish you a very pleasant evening and peaceful, sweet, lovely, awesome dreams. <laughs> Good night. Hello, all you sexy Naked Girls Radio listeners. Have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me, Sandra London, on Playtime with Sandra every Sunday night. 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Would you like to earn money by posting photos on your favorite social networking sites? Now you can. LeafIt, the first social networking site to pay you for posting pictures. The best part, it's a free app. To get your free app, visit www.leafit.biz forward slash social strategies. Tu foi embora